0: What's up? This is Doug. This is Brian. And Sean from and, More Than Nothing. And you are listening to 88.1 WKNC FM Raleigh. The Revolution. <laughs> 88.1 WKNC. This is now the local beat. Every Friday from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Right here, we uh, bring you the finest in North Carolina and the triangle local music scene. I've got a great show lined up today at the old ceremony. They're coming in for the first hour. Scarlet, Virginia is coming in from six o'clock to seven o'clock, and the Milagro Saints. Be joining us for the final hour of the show. Right now, though, we're going to jump into the old ceremonies, brand new album. It's called Tinder Age. This is the title track. Off of it, it's Tinder Age. Tinder Age is the name of that track off the album of the same name. It's by the Old Ceremony, brand new. Joining me in studio right now, have Django Haskins and Mark Simmonson of the Old Ceremony, fellows. Thanks for coming on the program today. Thank thanks you. for having us. And when exactly was the release date for this? Uh, this past Friday, actually, we mm-hmm.
1: had a uh, our first in a series of release shows uh, at the Cat's Cradle.
0: Yeah, and th- this was kind of an interesting show too because. Was, didn't you say the Lifted Praise Gospel Choir uh, opened yeah. up, right?
1: Yeah, so it was this group of, of gospel singers um, basically out of a church in Durham, and uh, man, it was it was something else. There were uh, ten singers and a five-piece band yeah. backing them up.
2: <laughs> and presumably we would have figured this out ourselves, but um, someone suggested to us that they sit in on a couple of our tunes, and I thought that was a great suggestion. Right. Right. We probably would have thought of it ourselves eventually, but, <laughs> but like, probably it would have been too just, late. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, they sang with us on um, a song from our last record, "Till My Voice Is Gone," and uh, man, it, it was amazing. The uh, the lead singer um, from the choir was sharing my mic, and so I would sing a line and back off, and she'd kind of sing a like gospel response. It was really neat. Yeah.
0: And this is all coming off of hopscotch as well. Exactly. Which so uh, we were exhausted and happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I got in at like five o'clock in the morning every, every night. Morning. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was a great weekend, and you guys had a great set outside of Raleigh Times. Uh, Y'all played Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you also, Django, you played with uh, Megaphone later in that evening as well. Right. Yeah, that
1: was, man, that was such a such a thrill. Those guys were yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. So instead of Brad Cook playing in your band, you guys right. were playing his band. Right. Yeah, yeah I remember <laughs> thanking
1: from the stage, thanking Brad Cook for allowing us that slot to play you know without him actually taking the slot himself Exactly. yeah i think i
0: saw brad play in five different bands uh before i saw Megaphone play mm-hmm. so. i think there were clones
2: of him all over the place <laughs> it was playing everywhere, with right? different uh. bands <laughs> actually grayson too i couldn't yeah. believe he was at some of the Every places show, yeah. yeah yeah it was Those really guys did a great job it yeah. was inspiring quite honestly because uh, i grew up in raleigh and raleigh was sort of uh, a not i mean there were a couple of cool clubs but like it was three, The right. Pier, the, you know. I've never um, even heard of The Pier. The, yeah, <laughs> The Pier is years ago. I mean, I yeah. I was a kid here, so I could hardly even go to The Pier without like um, being illegal, you yeah. know. So, <laughs> but they did have live music and it was like in what was
0: called the the um, Cameron Village Underground,
2: if you can believe mm. that. No
0: kidding. Yeah. yeah. I have to ask that, you know, you guys are releasing an album week after Hopscotch. Did you not think that everyone was just going to be, Exhausted. Well, you you got
1: it wrong when you said. Did you think? Uh, <laughs> we didn't know, man. When we uh, when we set our release date, you know, it was months ahead of time, and we didn't realize uh, that Hopscotch was going to be the week before. And we, you know, that was definitely, uh, yeah, not ideal. Were you timing-wise. nervous about that? A, a little bit, but you know, it worked out fine. Uh, you know, as it was kind of a lesson for for me uh, in in thinking about things. You know, it it did probably wear out some people, including us, but. It uh, it created so I much. positive.
0: I, I went to bed at eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. but
1: it created so much positive energy and right. really like kind of fostered that sense of community around here yeah. that's already been going really strong lately. Uh, that it just it just felt like more kind of propulsion leading us you know to our own right. records and, and you know, Megafon did their uh, show um, yeah over at uh, and the Haysai small Center. Ponds did and then embarrassing and, fruits right. I mean and all these bands are, the next yeah, week just exactly. you know yeah. had that extra momentum. A lot. Right. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. 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 I remember talking to Grayson uh, when he was in here. We were talking about Hopscotch and he was like, man, every band in the area decided to release an album like the week after yeah, Hopscotch. True. <laughs> you know? yeah. I think it so, ended up being an okay thing to yeah. do in the grand
2: scheme of things. Yeah. There is the exhaustion factor but um, as someone who, like, exhaustion can yield good things. Like, you go up there, you're completely
0: exhausted but it's time to rock. Right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pick up where we left off last time. You guys came back, or February, I think, was mm-hmm. February or March. Y'all were in here last. And you had finished the, the album. The beginning of summer. Right. You had, yeah, because that's when it got hot, right? <laughs> we still got a couple more months. I know. Ago, <laughs> we're almost through summer. <laughs> uh, but you had finished the album at this point, and um, we're sort of hanging on to it. And you had thrown out the idea of having a double EP, which was something that you know I don't think I've ever heard of before. No. Okay. Uh, you, I think you had like, half <laughs> the tracks. Half the tracks were... Uh, electric and half or acoustic, you went ahead and decided to go with the 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 full length album, so the right. double EP. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, what happened was we we ended up with a record that was half, like you said, half electric and half acoustic, and um, you know there was there were definitely kind of musical threads that tied the whole thing together, but it, it seemed to be two distinct pieces. Um, and so we really wanted to have people approach it in that way. That's why the WEP idea came up, you know, a kind of a side, a side B thing for, you know, iPod times. Um, but, uh, you know, then we, then we actually could, we're considering, we wanted to put it out on vinyl mm-hmm. for a while. And then, so we dropped the WEP idea because it kind of obviated the need for separating side A and side B. Right. Um, and then we decided that, that we couldn't afford to put it on vinyl <laughs> right now. <laughs> and so, uh said we're back and 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 here we are
2: but maybe one of these days we will put it out on vinyl yeah. because it's really a great contender for that kind of uh, format mm-hmm. um and uh one thing that i've noticed that i think is sort of funny is when we get like uh critique of the album um people I think, are sort of siding with one side or the other. It's true. Yeah. And it's real interesting because, like, I have my favorite side. and uh, Which is... Don't
1: tell this, them. Don't uh, tell them what it uh, is. I'm not going to
2: tell you. I can see if these critics are on their game, at least in my opinion, yeah. by which side they pick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's well, there
1: th- for different moods.
3: You know.
0: Yeah. Well, is, is putting something out on vinyl a goal of yours we
1: i mean we love vinyl and and we we would definitely like to do it it just takes a lot of bread at the beginning right
2: most if not all of us have record players Mm -hmm. in our houses and so uh, listening on a record is a singular experience the fact that you have to flip the record after a couple of tunes is like a beautiful thing it's more of an interactive experience and you're also sort of more drawn to listening to the entire thing so right it's, a it's beautiful. not. It's Probably not like a background. You have to yeah.
0: sort of pay attention. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's go ahead and play another track uh, off the album here. Uh, I believe um, "Gone to My Head" is what we're going to play Gun, next. "Gun to My Head." "Gun to My Head." I'm sorry. I'm trying to read that. Not quite so positive. I, I can't read cursive. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. And, uh, I'll, I'll make the next one in block letters. <laughs> All right. This is "Gun to My Head." It's by the old ceremony here on the local beat. That's one of my favorite bands to see live in the Triangle. Hammer No More of the Fingers. The song was Vodka Grasshopper. Before that, we had Gun to My Head by the old ceremony off their brand new Tinder Age album. We had a caller. Uh, he just called up Django Mark uh, and he, he he felt that there was some. First of all, he asked if Gun to My Head was like influenced or actually a Lennon McCartney cover. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 it's original. And and he was wondering, were you influenced at all uh, by, by who, who are the they? Deals? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I heard that that call come
1: in, and he was saying it sounded like something from the White Album, right. which is awesome because uh, the White Album is my favorite Beatles. It's like it's my one Desert Island <laughs> album. So there's definitely, I think, my whole life I've been uh, in love. I think we all probably have been in love with 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 Beatles stuff, especially that yeah. era because it's so diverse, too. absolutely. And that's you know one of our strengths or weaknesses, depending on who you are, I guess, uh, and what you like, but. You know, our music is, is really, from song to song, it sounds really different. And, you know, that's probably why we were raised
0: on that kind of thing. Yeah, so you feel that some of your music was perhaps influenced by the Beatles? It's possible. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, everyone is influenced yeah, by the Beatles, yeah. right? You right. can't hide that.
1: It's the, right,
0: it's yeah. the old, you
1: know, either you're influenced by the Beatles or you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or in denial.
0: What other bands sort of influenced you, pushed you guys into music growing up? Mark, you want to
2: say? Um, well, I... I must admit, I mean, we as a band, we don't really agree on these kinds of things, but I definitely listen to the Beatles. They were like the thing I would pop onto the uh, record player every day after school. But I listen to the Stones and the Who and all sort of the classic rock right, kind yeah. of stuff. But uh, I also like in the fall, especially for some reason, I'm getting that way now, except for it's too darn hot outside. Um <laughs> I, I listened listen to classical music and uh um and that caused me eventually to study music. So classical music had a big influence on me as well.
1: Mhm. I I grew up, I mean, like Mark listening to the Beatles and and also whatever was kind of coming out when I was a kid. I mean, Michael Jackson and, you yeah. know, uh, Guns N' Roses and Jane's Addiction. I mean, like who whatever it was, I was, you know, pretty into a lot of different stuff. But um you know the the ones that kind of are touchstones for me um, are uh, people like uh, well I mean Dylan is kind of hard to hard to avoid as well um, but uh, a lot of jazz actually Thelonious Monk mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the early American songwriters uh, the kind of um, uh, Cole Porter era like uh, Lerner and Lowe those kind of guys yeah. um, and uh, well yeah I mean it, it, the list goes on and on but that those are those are big for me.
2: Of course, our our name comes from and a Leonard Cohen, Leonard yeah, Cohen right. album, so that's an obvious influence yeah, as well. And we love, uh, especially I think Django and I really love Leonard Cohen. Yeah. It's hard not to, exactly. I mean,
1: well, you got to, yeah, you got to not like lyrics, right? You know, if if, you, if you're only listening to the sounds of the records, it's very possible to not like Leonard Cohen. Right. But uh, if you if you're listening to the lyrics, yeah, it's it's pretty deep stuff.
0: What about Tinder Age here? Uh, what what sort of influences did you have as far as this album is concerned?
1: Um, all over the map, I think, you know, it, like Mark said, we all listen to pretty different music, but over the, over time in the van, you know, on the road, we, we find things that we can agree on. One, one thing that I, I, uh, I noticed that we were listening to for a while before some of these songs were written was, um, some Fela Kuti, uh, stuff, um, uh, Monkey Banana, I think it is the record. Um, and, uh. You know, Serge Gainsbourg, yeah. like his '60s and '70s stuff, um, was another influence that that probably came through on this. Um,
2: Something about that super cool playing style, and then a the French dude talking. Just kind the talking, the top. talking like this kind of this
1: you know, with the, like a, a kind of. Yeah, a kind of erotic female voice exactly. in the background. It's just yeah.
2: like, how can you possibly? Yeah, it's not hard like to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's all over the place in terms of writing. Though you know, it's all. I don't. I don't really think about a specific influence when I'm writing a tune. Well, yeah, but, that was
0: my next question. Was besides music, what experiences? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: all kinds. I mean, you just have to listen to the lyrics, I yeah. guess, and figure it out. But uh, but yeah, definitely. A right, you know, certain kind of life experiences will trigger a song. And I I find it, you know, really therapeutic to write songs, to be honest, if I'm really mad about something or really sad about something or, you know, that, that will drive me to, you know, to break out of my uh, laziness and, and, and write a new song.
0: Would you say that most of your songwriting is based on real life experiences or, or are you sort of a fictional writer as
1: well? I'm trying to kind of do a little bit of both. I mean, definitely it has to come from a real place, a real life place emotionally, but then you can take that feeling and that that real experience and translate it into, you know, kind of a fictional story as well. So they're not definitely not all first person, true narratives, but they come from real experiences. If, if that makes sense, there's mm-hmm. just sometimes there's a step in between. Um, every once in a while, I'll kind of be able to come out with one that's, that is, you know, really there's no way to interpret it as a personal song like the uh poison pen which is kind of about you know the founding of of america and uh early colonies and slavery and things like that right. you know I, I wasn't there and you know i don't i don't pretend to have been yeah but usually it's, it's coming from something reasonably personal
0: let's switch gears here uh, talk a little bit about touring uh you know in promotion of tinder age do you guys have any plans for an extensive nation tour international tour where, where are the plans there
1: We are going to do some touring in uh, in later October and November. We're going to go up the East Coast and do you know New York and Philly and DC and Boston and all that kind of thing. And then, uh, and then November we're going to do uh, we're going to go out to Chicago, um, and Nashville and Cincinnati and Atlanta and all that you know that kind of uh, circle. So we are definitely going to be doing some touring. We'd love to do international. international,
2: We we'd love to do more. That we have been to Canada. Um, a bunch of times, yeah, yeah and that's uh, a lot of fun, especially Montreal. Um, but we really would love to go overseas, and I'm actually hosting a band over here from Dresden, Germany, right now. They're playing some shows locally, and uh, um, they—I just met with them right before coming over here because they just landed uh, oh, well. a little yeah. while ago, and uh, they want us to come to Germany, and
1: they're, cool.
0: they're wanting right. to we'll exactly. work that out when yeah. we get off the air. <laughs> Where do you guys tour outside of the Triangle, outside of the state? What are the crowds like? Uh, do people know the music? Uh, They're not nearly or... as good looking. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, NC State, top 25. Uh, really? Highest, uh, wow, nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. According go, to Playboy, label. I, hear, I could right. tell you that sitting right
1: here, man. Oh, wow. Well. Um, All right.
0: I, generally, people tell me I have a radio face. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> um, it, it depends,
1: you know. Certain places we we have really great crowds that were, you know, the uh, uh, New York and D.C. and Charlotte and Atlanta.
2: We've always concentrated on the bigger cities, which caused we were in sort of disagreement about whether this was a good idea. Um, Ultimately, I think it has become a good idea because now when we hit these metropolitan areas like D.C., and they tend to be like four to six hours apart. So we can go North Carolina, D.C., New York, Boston, Montreal, et cetera. And uh, I think it's turned out to be a real good business plan, even though at first I was like – why don't we play in Western Virginia? Yeah, you know? right.
0: Which we have done yeah, a fair yeah, amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into another track here. Okay. This is Gongo. Go. The- oh, you oh, know what? Yeah. Let's play a live song. Yeah, let's do it. That's one. what we had planned on doing. I brought
1: reason. this guitar. I might as well do something with it.
0: Cool. Uh, I believe we're going to play Wither on the Vine here. Uh, Actually, we were going to do gonna I Don't gears. Believe It. I Don't yeah. Believe yeah. It. Okay, cool. Well, uh, i got to rearrange the mics here and then we'll okay. get going. This is the old ceremony here on the local beat. This will be live in studio. It's called I Don't Believe It. we go. Go ahead.
1: They're there we
3: go. I know you said it, but did you really-
0: And that was the Old Ceremony live here on the local beat. That song was called I Don't Believe It. That's the fourth track off their brand-new album called Tinder Age. We'll be right back with some more Old Ceremony. Right now, though, this is Gone Goes the Memories. That song was Hospital Floor by Schooner, uh, one of their longer tracks, uh, six and a half minutes long there. But uh, before that, we had Gone Go, The Memories by Old Ceremony, and nice segue there, too, because Schooner has some connections there with that song.
1: Uh, yeah, when we recorded Gone Go, The Memories, we uh, we went into Flying Tiger Studios in Raleigh. Um, we, we were putting it on a compilation that they were putting out t- together with Terpsichore, and... Uh, and we got a bunch of our friends to come in, including Maria and Reed from Schooner mm-hmm. and Stu and Missy from Love Language and um, I think uh, Adam, Adam. And, and Mike from right. Annuals. Uh, and we all had a big kind of choir, rock and roll choir uh, practice uh, on that song. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And that's the closure for the record. So it's kind of right. nice to end with this you know, big campfire sing-along.
0: That song was written like two years ago, right? Not yeah, I wrote it, it a while ago, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what was the sort of the time frame of Tender Age? Like all these songs put together, how how far back does it stretch? Well, what usually happens
1: is by the time we have a record come out, we already have a a lot of the songs for the next record written and kind of road tested. So, you know, we've got four or five probably for the next record already. Mm -hmm. We've been playing them for a while. So, uh, Gone Go is one of the earlier ones that was written, you know, for Tender Age. It's not. It's it's kind of it's a continuing rolling system. It's not. uh, You know, we don't. I don't, I don't like lock myself in a room and write a record and then come out, we play it and then go back. You know, it's just, as we go, we always add new songs since we're playing live. We play a lot. Uh, you know, it's nice to always be throwing new songs in just for our benefit as well as, you know, just kind of keeping it fresh for the audience. Yeah.
0: How many songs total, just a wide guess here? Do you the think, Old Ceremony? Yeah. Uh, about 75. And how many of those are, uh, recorded and put on an album? Uh,
1: about 30 uh well four albums so about 40 mm-hmm. 50 maybe
0: so what are the other ones doing just sort they're, of they're they're around they're a little you know yeah. they're,
1: they're leaking out here and there we'll since do
2: since we play a lot in order to keep things fresh for our own good uh we we do delve into the hinterlands of music <laughs> of somewhat. Songs, just yeah, yeah just so that uh it doesn't get stale it's like um, there's a lot of bands that go out there and they play the same set every night, and we never um, do. We've that. never do that, yeah, and right. uh, we probably would um, really freeze up um, musically if we did that. So it's nice to dig deep.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's nice to
2: have a lot of songs to choose
0: from. You know. Yeah. Last time you were on uh, the local beat, I asked you a question: which was your favorite album you've put out? And of course, Tender Age was your answer because that was the new one, that was the fresh one. You, but you've been sitting still on is. this. It's yeah. Still your favorite? Yeah, that's still. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Sam. Yeah, Uh, and like I said, there's like half of it that's my very favorite. (laughs) Right. And but you know we um the there is one album that I think we might have mentioned this is very listenable. It's like Mm. a good way to rope people in to liking our music, and that's uh, our one mistake, which uh, is you know one of the most immediately it's like real catchy kind of
1: stuff. Right. Yeah. This yeah this one's just kind of a nice it, it kind of. It really is where we are right now musically, and uh, covers a lot of ground.
0: Off your last album, you uh, had a song called "Till My Voice Is Gone," and there's a music video, and it was um, was it directed by Ed Asner? I know he started. No, it, it.
1: he starred in Ed Asner starred in it, yeah. and it was directed by uh, Sam Griffith, who is okay. actually a former Carolina guy who had done a video for us for uh, "Papers in Order," which right. is from Our Own Mistake. Uh, so he kind of contacted us, contacted us and had this idea for doing a video for us. He's now in, out in L.A. Mm-hmm. and uh, he and um, uh, Andrew Carlberg, who's another former Carolina guy and I guess Old Ceremony fan, and uh, we out there and and Andrew produced it and kind of somehow got uh, Ed Asner and also Eileen Ryan, who's right. this uh, character actress. Uh, she's actually Sean Penn's mother, um, and the two of them starred in it. Uh, and then uh, yeah, and so we didn't we weren't even involved in the production of that video at all. We didn't see it until it was done. Right. But uh, It was sort
2: of interesting, actually. They came to us at some point and said, um, we're trying to raise some money because it looks like we're, you know, going to drive this all the way home, basically. And uh, um, so we made a cursory small donation towards it, you know, seeing as it was in our interest. Right. I mean, you <laughs> know, and also well, the best were, we could do. Yeah, yeah. the best we yeah. could do. And, um, and then all of a sudden there they come back to us that they have Ed Asner who you know? I'm I'm an older guy. I remember seeing him on TV and everything, and he's actually a pretty outstanding actor. Yeah. And uh, it was really sort of inspiring seeing
0: yeah this definitely. yeah. But now we got to bring it all together. here yeah. Because you I, did Ed come to you to create this film score? For so
1: so then uh, after Up, which was his last film, right. um, he was the you know the old curmudgeonly guy in Up. Um, he uh, signed on to do this, this indie film um, called Elephant Size, uh, which is uh, directed by a, a, a guy, a North Carolina guy named Ed Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Asner, Ed, we, we call him Ed the Greater, um, and Ed the Lesser is, is the director. Actually, the director himself calls it that, so it's not pejorative necessarily. But uh, he's just older. But uh, anyway, so Ed Asner insisted to the director that he get you know the old ceremony to do the score. well
2: he couldn't remember the name the old ceremony so he said did you contact my band <laughs> yeah that's right that's yeah. right
1: so he did so he did and so we're uh we're most most of the way through yeah. uh doing the score for this for this movie and actually one of the other uh stars of the movie is um is uh was on the big lebowski he was the landlord who had the dance uh, yes, uh the dance performance. Yeah so my that, favorite movie uh, time, yeah it's yeah. a pretty it's and he's he's great in both both films yeah. um so yeah it's been a really interesting experience and and ed is our ed, oldest fan
0: as far as as far as the differences between creating a music score for a film and creating a an, uh, a rock album like this what are the main challenges and differences there
1: well you know we didn't write the movie so right. w- we have to work with somebody else's kind of ideas of story vision. and and vision so that's that's challenging and and for the most part they're using a couple of our songs in it you know kind of that we already had but um mostly it's almost all instrumental so for for me like songwriting wise it's a very different process and and we're doing it in a different way too because we're kind of just collaborating on the music as we go and everyone whoever has an idea just kind of throws it out and and it's it's working pretty well
2: One thing that I found very interesting about the experience is we we rehearse at a studio that I have behind my house, and we – this is a place that's very comfortable to us. And so what we did is we got our engineer, Tom Canova, to like uh, set up a screen for us, and we watched the movie while playing music and sort of uh, much like – an instantaneous scoring of a silent film or something like that except for that it wasn't silent and they had given yeah. us sort of notes as to where they wanted music and it was a pretty fun experience yeah. actually uh and it, you we know, switched was, instruments a lot
1: yeah and, and play a lot of piano and
0: yeah
2: little bell-like things
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah it's cool
0: let's go ahead and play another uh, live track here. okay what do you yeah. think guys
1: uh yeah this is uh wither on the vine we All recorded right. this in my living room yeah for the record and
0: once more um this is live on the local beat and the old ceremony. Django Haskins and Mark Simmonson are joining me here and once more, wither on the vine.
3: the party's not tonight so i went straight back home and drank up all my wine i've been spending some time alone these days didn't want to see anybody else Told you what I think I don't know if you heard me clear I don't know much of anything But I let it be known That it was just about time Cause I don't wanna wither On the vine Take my hand Cause we've done Just about enough trying. try
0: Live on the local beat. That song is Wither on the Vine. It's by the old ceremonies off their brand new album called Tinder Age. That was Django Haskins and Mark Simmonson. Fells, we're all out of time, but I do want to thank you so much for coming in. We're going to play one more song to go out. I believe this is uh, Guo Chu. Am I saying that right? That's right. Guo Chu. This is, this is another Chinese track. That's right. This is the second. Chinese the track, second
1: right? in four albums yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> more than i've ever heard i guess. Yeah, yeah there you go fellas thanks so much for coming in. thanks Best again of luck to us. you and to tinder age come see us at king's october oh, 15th that's right october 15th at king's in downtown rally you're playing with hammer and more the fingers yeah sorry for not mentioning that but oh. uh well, we'll definitely put it up on the recap blog we'll see wknc. you there. fellas thanks a bunch we're gonna play guo chu to get out of here scarlet virginia is coming in next